This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live. Your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere, Monday, January 17th. Hope you are all enjoying your Martin Luther King Jr. holiday. Wherever and however you're connected, great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with the man who was oft stopped in the airport of all places to take pictures with his adoring fans, Jerem Jordan. Yeah, right. Uh, Charles Barkley was in LAX with the women's basketball team, and they stopped him and chatted and took a photo, and it looked like this, and it was awesome. Uh, Charles told the team he was there for a Capital One commercial. So, with yeah, Samuel L. Jackson, probably? Probably, yeah. Can't wait to see that. So, uh, Lee Kamard said he was super cool, super nice. Charles is looking good, man. Uh, team went down, got a 40-point dub against LMU, so great trip. He's part of the greatest sports show in the entire world. We're part of the greatest sports show in the entire world. I like that response from you. <laughs> <laughs> Inside the it's NBA good, is right? must-see television. very fun. Very fun. Yeah, and he looks great, to your point. The round mound of rebound I bet would appreciate today's Less show round. lineup. Yeah which includes BYU basketball senior point guard T. John Lucas. He joins us live after BYU's best win of the season. But will it remain the best win of the season, or is there a bigger victory for BYU out there somewhere? And are the men going to join BYU women's basketball in the top 25? Plus, does BYU feature the best shooter in college hoops? Who said that? And which former BYU football player delivered one of the biggest verbal hits in the Twitter sphere, bring on today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Men's Hoops beat San Francisco 71-69 thanks to a 10-3 run to close out the game. Alex Barcelo led the way with 18 points. Tijon Lucas had 12 points, including 6 of 6 from the line. He'll join us later. Caleb Lohner refound the offense this week, last week, including a big bucket with under a minute left in the 10-point comeback dub. Guards Marcelo. Marcelo takes Tape low. AB cut off on the block. Hands off to Loner. Jump hook. Loner! Caleb Loner scores it. And the Cougs up three, 68 to 65. Cougars are 15 and four now, tied for second at three and one in the West Coast Conference standings, matching up with also three and one San Diego Thursday night. This game was on CBS Sports Network. It has moved to BYU TV because Gonzaga had a rescheduled game. CBS Sports Network took that, so we took the BYU San Diego. Game countdown to tip off on BYU TV at 8.30 Eastern Thursday night. Of course, Cougar pregame live on BYU Radio at 8 Eastern. And this just in, BYU just two out AP in the AP Top 25. Just two out. So you would think if BYU takes care of business against San Diego and Portland this week, good shot at potentially being in next week. There were nine teams in the Top 25 that lost this week. A ton of parity in college basketball. Yeah, just win. Hope some other teams lose. You'll be a top 25 team. That's fun. How about Cougars in the NFL playoffs? Daniel Sorensen had four tackles. Zane Anderson added a tackle. And the Kansas City Chiefs beat up on the Pittsburgh Steelers 42-21. The number two seed Chiefs will now host the Buffalo Bills in a divisional round playoff game because Buffalo eliminates Kyle Van Noy and the New England Patriots. Van Noy had three tackles in the playoff loss. In the NFC, Fred Warner had five tackles for the 49ers and an upset win to eliminate the Dallas Cowboys 23-17. However, Fred is questionable for the 49ers at Green Bay this weekend after suffering an ankle injury. We hope Fred gets better and is able to play against the Packers. Gonzaga back to one, by the way. And the NFL playoffs, 
There was only one good game, you know? The, the, they were all kind of boring. Ben Roethlisberger throwing outs the whole game. It's just, he couldn't even push hey, it down. wasn't the, the Raiders-Bengals game outstanding that's true, that's and true. exciting? That was good. That's true. That on Saturday, that was a good one. Okay, number 18, women's hoops beat up LMU by 40. 77-37 Saturday, thanks to 31 turnovers by the Lions. 31! Shayla Gonzalez had a 5 by 4 mm-hmm. 19 points, 5 rebounds, four, 5 assists, 5 steals. Pretty good. Cougars 14-1, 4-0 in the WCC. Play at Pepperdine Thursday night. They are stinking good. Did I did I short them a win? Are they fo- Yeah, they're 14-1. They are so good, man. They have beaten their last two conference opponents by 34 and 40, respectively. <laughs> Bad TV. And they're not shooting the three well on top of that. They're not shooting well. What if they didn't even shoot a three? Rushing team. What if BYU's like, we're going to try and win without even shooting a three? <laughs> They'd probably still win. 16th ranked BYU Gymnastics beats Nebraska in a dual meet. The Cougars score 195.750. That's up a little more than four tenths from their season opener. Nebraska with a 193.925. Sadie Miner Van Tassel winning the all-around with an outstanding score of 39.325. She scored the highest on both vault and beam in the competition. Track and field hosted the BYU Cougar Indoor Invitational Saturday. 11 first place finishes, nice. Also, Roy Linkletter broke the Canadian half marathon record yesterday in Houston with a time of 101.08. Rory Linkletter. Very nice. Still doing work. Reppin' BYU, well done. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Survival of the fittest. BYU escapes War Memorial Gymnasium on the hilltop and beats San Francisco for a monumental Quadrant 1 victory. BYU's first Quad 1 win of the season to join their six Quad 2 victories, which, by the way, is the most in college basketball. But because it is a Quad 1 win on the road, tough game, overcoming a 10-point deficit and some questionable officiating, is the win at USF, Jerem, the best win BYU will have all season? It could be. Uh, you know, unless BYU uh, beats St. Mary's on the road and that win is a little better than San Francisco. Right now, those two are pretty tight in terms of net rankings and Ken Palm and whatnot. So it, it very well could be. And it was a huge win because yeah, you had to – I don't know that BYU had to have it, but in terms of the BYU zero quad one wins at this stage thing, it was like, okay, at some point, BYU's got to get some quad one wins here. Um, and, and at some point, BYU might slide a little bit just because – you gotta have some quad one wins on Selection Sunday. So this was this was huge. BYU's down ten at the twelve forty one mark of the second half. BYU had yet to shoot a free throw, and San Francisco had nineteen. I'm not one of those guys that believes that free fouls and free throws should be even. The game's not even. They're not equally aggressive and fouling each other, but there should be some free throws on the board for BYU. You'd think, right? Um, again, they shouldn't be even. BYU. After the technical from Mark Pope, which apparently it was like the bench saying something. I don't exactly know what happened. What did you hear? Whoever said that on the bench, good job. Good job getting the tech. Lit the fire. Because that kind of changed things a little bit, right? So BYU ends up out shooting San Francisco from the free throw line only in the final 1241, 18-9. That was a huge deal. And when you get Tijon Lucas and Alex Barcelo to the line, who combined for 9 of 10, if they're the right people shooting, that changes things. So... If if we think, will this be BYU's best win? By net, the only other game that could compare is in Moraga. Of course, Gonzaga and At Provo home. compares. And maybe BYU somehow gets that one. But I'm not inclined to think so. 
after watching BYU get boat raced in Spokane last Thursday. Granted, in 2020, they got boat raced in Spokane and came home and won. Yes, I trust BYU's offense that year more than I trust BYU's offense this year. This year, BYU is about defense. 92.5 defense efficiency right now, tied fourth best since 97 for BYU. It's just one of the best defenses BYU's ever had. BYU has three opportunities to best the win on the road at San Francisco. Uh, even if they win at St. Mary's, I don't think St. Mary's metrics are going to be as good as San Francisco's. And, and plus, just the way BYU won that game. And BYU's already beaten St. Mary's at home, so I, I don't know. To me, it feels like San Francisco is, at worst, a top-four win for BYU basketball season. There are three opportunities. Mm-hmm. One, you mentioned Gonzaga at home. Like, that obviously yeah, would supplant course. San Francisco sure, on the road sure. because Gonzaga is Gonzaga. Then there is maybe – a second round game, or sorry, a first round game technically at the West Coast Conference Tournament if BYU is the two seed and they are playing in a semifinal against San Francisco that would help BYU late in the season, propel their seed maybe. Yeah. Uh, could be another quad one win. In that could be St. Mary's Late too. in the season. Could be yeah. St. Mary's or San Francisco. Yeah. I'm still not in on San Francisco being like better than St. Mary's per se. We're, at the, we're like week three in conference play. I'm not crowning them quite yet. You want to crown them? The crowd. Yeah, I just think San Francisco. Like just they're good. Based on no, what good. I have seen, yeah. BYU has played against both teams. I just feel like San Francisco's a better team. Like I feel like they have better players than St. Mary's right now. Yeah. Right, we'll see. But the Dons have to actually do it during conference play. Like St. Mary's has been there and done that. Like as a program and and with that head coach, San Francisco's new to this game. They're new to the hey, we're going to be in the top three and we're like in the bracket. Like how do they handle all this pressure? How do they handle going out on the road a little bit? Um, what I, the jury's still out a little bit for me. Obviously, they're good. Like, are they turning good? Like, oh, Lenardi says they are. Okay, cool. Um, I need to see a little bit more. To, to me, yeah, St. Mary's. We're, a week ago, we saw St. Mary's play this like terrible offensive game. So St. Mary's was not, that their terrible offense, or was it BYU's defense? Yes, both. Yeah, uh, they had a lot of open looks they just missed, right? And that BYU didn't contest at the you know or whatever. Yeah. It's all good. Okay, third opportunity for BYU to best the San Francisco win, obviously, would be getting to the NCAA tournament and winning. Anyone, I don't care who you play. I don't care if yeah. BYU's a five seed, six seed, seven seed, and they're supposed to win that game. Oh, yeah. Winning in the NCAA tournament against a team that doesn't have as good of metrics as St. Mary's or Gonzaga. The or metrics San don't matter. You're in the no. tourney. Winning a tournament yeah. game. Yeah. That, that would be better than even BYU beating Gonzaga at home. Just getting to the second round of the NCAA tournament. To me. Fun discussion. Yeah. All right. Our question of the day. Because the season's defined by NCAA tourney for sure. But if you beat Gonzaga, it's hard to tell. It's hard to tell. See, that's the thing. Like, what what matters more? What will resonate more? Is it beating Gonzaga or is it winning an NCAA tournament game? To BYU fans, it's probably winning a tournament game. To the rest of the college basketball world. I don't know. BYU fans value beating Gonzaga quite a bit. Sure, but. You're telling me right now a BYU fan would take beating Gonzaga over an NCAA tournament win? Come on now. Right. Well, is it first four? Is it, yeah. I, no. Yes, beat it, winning in the tournament matters for sure, but beating Gonzaga is always special. Always like special. Like a, a yeah. tournament win to me would be the top win regardless of what BYU does the rest of the regular season. And there's no guarantees? Yeah, there's no guarantees. Yeah, so if you could guarantee that, sure.
in our fun hypothetical January 16th. Or, I mean, it is a fun <laughs> conversation. Maybe if BYU beats Gonzaga in a West Coast Conference tournament to win the WCC oh, Tournament Championship, no, that's, would that's that be better, better than, than an NCAA yes, tournament win? Yes, because you haven't done it in 21 years. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Come on. Okay, so maybe there are four opportunities for BYU to best this win, but the point is there aren't many. I hope that's not the best there are, win. There, me too. There aren't many. If that's the best win, it's a good win. It's a, it's a very good to great win, right? It's just – it's hard for me to say at San Francisco, it's this like unbelievable win. Like when the dust settles on the season. I'm not talking about right now. I'm talking when the season's over and that was the best win. I want more. Yeah, pretty wild. It's San Francisco. And it almost got BYU it's into the top 25. Rice the Roadie. <laughs> and the Cougars metrics are great. We'll get to that later in the show. Our question of the day is the win over San Francisco the best win BYU will have all season? Let's go to Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. All right, first response in from at Shea Lawrence on Twitter. Yes, best win so far, especially given the way BYU came back and the gauntlet over the past week. Best win until Oregon wins the Pac-12 or BYU beats Gonzaga at home again. Hashtag BYUSN. Yeah, it's, we'll, we'll see, man. San Francisco is better than even they thought. I think this season, and that's why it's good. Also, should you be credited with going down in the game? Like, isn't it your fault you went down in the game too? <laughs> you know what I mean? But sure. I mean, <laughs> that there is there is this almost unspoken quality to like, yeah. hey, you showed extra grit on the road if you trailed. And well, what about the games where you just blow someone out? It's like you never even let it get to that. Uh, Gonzaga. We, that we don't. A lot. We don't like. We don't credit that in the same way. We're like, you know what didn't happen? You didn't. Go down because 10. it's not as it's not as much of an no, emotional roller coaster. Right? No, I feel you. People value like the emotional roller coaster when so, it ends in victory. So go suck and then come back and be like, oh, the <laughs> effort of this team. It's like, well, why did you go down at all? Yeah. yeah, I mean, we look at the game against Iona in the 2012 like, NCAA wow. tournament like that, right? They came back, down like, 25. I'm not discrediting the comeback. I'm just saying, wait, why did you go down by someone? What what happened? Coming up, did we give Jay Billis some blue goggles? Maybe so. Plus, point guard Tijon Lucas of BYU Basketball joins us live. Has his decision to transfer to BYU already been validated? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us tomorrow for BYU Basketball with Mark Pope as the coach and Greg review the two-game road trip and preview this week's games against San Diego and Portland tomorrow night, 8.30 Eastern on the BYU TV app. Oh, by the way, oh, by the way, Cusini Traore's Deep Blue airs tomorrow night. Really good. Can't wait. Bart Scott, can't wait. We are live in Studio B with your Monday version on a holiday of your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. I'm Spencer Linton alongside Jerem Jordan. Our question of the day is the win over San Francisco by BYU men's basketball. The best that BYU will have all season. At Sean Larson 3 on Twitter says, I certainly hope not. If it is, it means BYU won't win an NCAA tournament game. Why not? And will lose both the road game oh, at St. Mary's and the home game against Gonzaga and not beat either in the conference tournament. Would yeah? Would a would a tourney semifinal win over San Francisco or St. Mary's trump that? Ooh, I don't know. I don't know because road win. Well, I would think so because it gets you to the WCC title game. Yeah, trumps it. Maybe that helps. Yeah, in the metrics. Well, well, it, it it would be a quad one win as well, and it would get you to the title game. Getting to the title game, you're you're at least in that game 
which in probably at that point, that extra win, we hope, ensures like, okay, BYU's definitely in. Like, What if it's Santa Clara it. in the semifinals? <laughs> and St. Mary's or San Francisco didn't make it? Yeah. <laughs> if Sam, if they're the five, yeah, are they on that side of the bracket? I can't even remember. Um, yeah, it's all strange. Uh, which, by the way, in two years we're going to be laughing at this. We're going to, we're going to be like in the Big Twelve days. We're going to be like, wait, we're talking about San Francisco hey, being a huge game. That's just a what? good team. They are this. They are this year. Good team. I'm, I'm just talking like generally, because you know what BYU's going to talk about in two years? No, no, no. They went over West Virginia and Iowa State, and hopefully, uh, you know, Oklahoma. That's what we're talking about. Granted, this team this year has some pretty good quad two wins, including the likes of Oregon and San Diego State. I'm not State, talking about this team this year. Better. I'm talking about San Francisco basketball. Bill Cartwright out, ain't out there playing. Bill Russell ain't out there playing. Joining us now, man who thankfully made the decision to transfer to BYU. Thank goodness. So Jeez. glad he did. Tijon Lucas in studio. Tijon, up, welcome back to the show. Thanks oh. for hanging out with us after a wild weekend, man. For sure. Thank you guys for having me out here. How are your emotions after that up-and-down game that ultimately finished on a supreme high at San Francisco? It was just like the whole weekend. It was a roller coaster ride up and down. Um, you know, a lot of highs, a lot of lows, but, you know, ultimately, you know, we were able to get a win at the end of that game, which we were down most of the game, and so I was just, you know, excited to come away with a weekend split. And, you know, anytime you have two road games, you know, especially against those quality opponents, you know, getting a split is something that's very good. Were you guys aware of the Mark Pope regular season never lost back to back stat? Yeah, was that top we've, of mind? We've, we've heard it ever since we've lost. Every time, <laughs> every time we lost, any loss, any yeah. loss, we're like, hey, we never lost back to back games. But you know, at at the end of the day, I think we got a lot of guys with character and you know a lot of heart, and you know we don't really look into you know having losing back to back games. We just try to focus in the moment, and I think you know. Us going into that game, we were pretty confident in the preparation we had. It was a lot of mental prep because we didn't want to, you know, use our legs a lot the the travel day. But, you know, ultimately, you know, we had success in getting the win. Okay, so Thursday night, take me back to that. Because you guys are – this is one of the best defensive teams BYU's ever had. Gonzaga just goes crazy. How do you uh, mentally and physically rebound, um, you know, that way to be ready for a huge game – on Saturday night, because that easily could have got away from you if you let Thursday linger. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, we just have to get back to what we do best. Um, even though we got out rebounded a little bit, which is one of our main principles every night in and out, um, we were able to focus in on our scout report keys, you know, try to take away threes. You know, we know St. Francis, um, Francisco shoots a lot of threes, and I don't think they shot made that many that night. I think they made only two. And, you know, that was something we wanted to take away. And I think we did a good job in doing that. And then, you know, we knew they were going to fight hard and they're a good veteran team. So, you know, we just had to take away their strengths and try to, you know, win and live off of what they do, least likely. Yeah, BYU's three-point defense uh, and that Ken Pomeroy index, one of the best in the country for sure. Three for 23, 13%. That'll do. Tijon Lucas is with with us on BYU Sports Nation. What do you think about the West Coast Conference thus far? Because this is your first go-around with the WCC. You've already played St. Mary's at Gonzaga and at San Francisco in that order, by the way. So what do you think of the West Coast Conference? Uh, I think it's a very good league. Um, Like, they keep uh, reiterating that it's one of the best – leagues out there right now you know for NCAA tournament bids this year uh, hopefully and you know those teams are great we played St. Mary's at home Gonzaga away San Francisco away and 
those teams, you know, give them credit. They, they've been doing a great job. They took care of their non-conference slate, and, you know, we were able to, you know, have some fight in us and come away with two out of the three wins against, you know, three other the top teams in our conference. So, you know, WCC is a great league, and I think, you know, we're we're poised to be a pretty good, you know, defending champ or whatever you want to get us to and one, two, three spot, and I think we can do well in it. Let's go. Let's go. Okay, um, let's talk about the free throw situation. I'm not going to have you comment on the officiating because I don't want to get in trouble. <laughs> but I'll say it because can, I can get in plenty of trouble. Um, so at 12.41 in the second half, that's the first free throws for the team. Technical foul happened. Someone said something on the bench or whatever. I don't know what happened. But whatever happened, it was good because after that, you guys shoot 18, they shoot 9. You get U to the line, 6-6, six, six, AB to the line, 3 of 4. What role did free throw shooting play in winning that game? Um, I think, you know, it played a big part in it. Free throws can win and lose you the game. You know, if we miss some of those down the stretch, I miss some of those down the stretch, you know, who knows the trajectory of that game. But, you know, I think overall we just started to match their, match their physicality. And so they had to start making calls our way because we just, you know, kind of forced them to make those calls. On offense? Yeah, on offense. So it's like we had to make those guys make calls and, you know, we knew what the free throw numbers were, you know, going into halftime. We didn't shoot any, but, you know, once, you know, great shooters and great players get to the free throw line, the basket opens up a lot too. So, you know, we just kept emphasizing, you know, play with force, you know, keep attacking. and there know, That is, the, the force. Cause. Use the <laughs> force. Yep. Yes, Love the it. force. And, you know, it uh, it eventually, you know, play out. And, you know, gladly at the end of the game, we started to get to the line and, you know, credit guys like, you know, Tiki Ali Tiki went in and mm. hit two for two in the uh, second half. And then, you know, Seneca hits some and Alex and me. And so, you know, Fuz went stepped up there and hit some big ones. So, you know, I think we have a pretty good free throw shooting team. And so, you know, one of our goals is, you know, to get up there, be efficient and have confidence up there. Alex wanted to make it interesting at the very end. <laughs> yes, yes, definitely. <laughs> a little drama. Yeah, sure. Sprinkle drama. some drama in. Oh, make yeah, the yeah. Game Go for better, three. Yeah, yeah. Just miss the three, yeah. Okay, Tijan, you quote tweeted uh, John Rostin of CBS Sports who said, hey, buy stock in Foose Toyota right now. What do you think about Foose's rise by necessity because Richard Harward and Gavin Bax right now, how is he doing this? It's unbelievable what Foose is doing out there. Uh, he's just a freshman. He's learning as he's playing. And honestly, uh, since I've been in college, he's probably – the best or one of the best freshmen I've ever played with just because of his upside and how he's been playing and controlling himself. And he's taking on a lot. Um, playing a five-man, you know, you're kind of our leader on defense, um, talking a lot. And, you know, even on offense, he's been doing a lot of great things. He's shooting. I don't know what percentage he is from the field, but he's shooting great. He's averaging nearly almost a double-double the last, like, five, six games. And, you know, you just can't, you know, respect and appreciate Foose because he's just been killing it out there, you know, back-to-back -back freshman of the weeks. So, you know, I'm just super proud of him, happy we can have him on the team. And, you know, his upside is huge. And when he said buy stock now, I was like, <laughs> I'd take all my savings and yeah, buy stock. Yeah, buy, buy the, you buy bought the, it long ago, right? Yeah, buy exactly. the Foose crypto right now. Exactly. 52 uh, percent is the number, by the way. Oh, yeah. And he's just dunking on fools in this one. There was some there was some teeth-grinding dunks in there. When, when he dunked uh, against San Francisco and just hung on the rim with one arm, I'm like, 
I'm on the bench like, wow, this kid's nice. Like, <laughs> because I'm, I don't think anybody thought he was just going to dunk that when he caught it because he just reversed. And yep. people forget Foose is like 6'6", six, 6'7", six, six, with like a 7'3 wingspan. Mm-hmm. Do you ever have That's him like, reach anything you can't grab? You're like, hey, nah. Foose, come on. Here. Just like, yeah. I should, though. I should, though. I should, though. <laughs> but his arms are super long, and, you know, he's just very skilled and poised. He's so calm as a freshman. Like, you know, a lot of guys get sped up, and Foose is just out there playing like he's a veteran already it, it, seriously it, his growth has been tremendous kind of yoli child's freshman year isk uh esque shabazz and boye uh have given byu fits over the last couple of years like you and alex they're seniors who came back with COVID. what was that matchup like because that was a fun that was fun to watch the four of you kind of go out of there oh it was a great matchup those guys you know play hard they were getting into us physically a lot early on you know they jumped the passing lanes they tried to deny us a lot and you know, what we did on the defensive end, I think for the most part, we did a pretty good job on them guys. Um, you know, we like to say, like, if you take more shots than you made points, then I think you did a pretty good job. And that's what I think, you know, we did with those guys. And, you know, they settled for some threes and some contested twos. But, you know, we live with contested twos. So, honestly, I think, you know, all our guys did a good job. You know, Spencer got a little piece of them. Gideon got some of them, you know, and... You know, overall, I think we stuck to the scout report, run them off the three-point line, and make those guys shoot long twos. And overall, I think it went well. You're rocking one of your Find Your Purpose hats. How did that come to be? What what went into kind of the generation of all of that? And I was wearing mine all weekend, by the way. Oh, it's thank you. It's a nice hat. Yes, I love it. Yes, yes, yes. Um, yeah, you know, so I, I signed a NIL deal, Steel Hats, and they're based out of Utah. And, you know, they kind of, you know, hit me up talking and, I like what they stood for at the end of the day. You know, a lot of times you get a lot of deals and a lot of people ask you to do things, but, you know, I wanted to see what their, you know, what their purpose was and what they have their meaning for. And, you know, I did my research. They have a hat with Tanner Magum, who was the former QB here with a uh, mental health mm-hmm. kind of thing mm-hmm. and his yep. story on their website. And I thought that was brilliant. And so they wanted to kind of tell my story through apparel and hats and I think you know something I stand for was find your purpose and I think you know I found my purpose through basketball and so you know if you look at that the hat it has like a basketball you know kind of design on it with the find your purpose and you know that we told my story about you know how I came up growing through Milwaukee and all the trials and tribulations and breaking my ankle and going to the NBA Top 100 camp, finally getting big-time offers and being a late bloomer and, you know, just sticking with it. And so I think that the Find Your Purpose idea was, you know, something we found mutually that could represent me and what the company is about. And, you know, it's something that I pride myself on and something I think people in the whole world can Mm. take and say, hey, what's my purpose in my life? Like, what's my purpose in doing this and that? And so... I think it was a great collaboration and just, you know, blessed to be able to do it. Yeah, we love the hats that you gave it's us. Awesome, man. We've, yes. We're Appreciate so glad that. you found yeah. your purpose at BYU and what you're doing for this BYU oh, basketball yeah. program and setting a great example. Tijan, thanks for hanging out with us. We know you got to get to practice. and, and <laughs> Early practice but, uh, today, holiday yeah. early practice. Right? I'll take it. I'll take yeah, it. 11 yeah, 11 a.m. Yes, Okay. Hey, let's give you some karma so you can have some energy for practice. Yes. Go get yes. it done this week. Thanks, yeah. brother. Thank you, guys. T. John Lucas with us on BYU Sports Nation, BYU Basketball Transfer Point Guard. Coming up, Team Sheets, Ken Palm, and so on. What's projected for BYU the rest of the regular season? And is Alex Barcelo the best shooter in the country? 
Because one big-time national analyst definitely thinks so. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. BYU host San Diego Thursday at the Marriott Center. Watch the Cougars look to move to 4-1 in WCC play. Both teams 3-1, tied for second place in the league. Coverage begins at 8.30 Eastern on BYU TV with kind of tip-off in the game on BYU TV at 9 Eastern time in the app. Now remember, your DVR may not have this because this was a late ad as of yesterday. So you may have to manually go add that if uh, you're not watching a lot. Manually add it already. Do it. He is Jeremiah Spencer. This is BYU Sports Nation. To interact with the show at any point and get content throughout the day, follow us on the major social media platforms of Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and TikTok. It's time to whip it. Cougar Whip Around presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for our growing world. Jay Billis, who was on the program last week, says Alex Barcelo on College Game Day Saturday is the best shooter in the country. Is that a blue goggle take or the reality? I'm buying this from Jay Billis. Because of how teams defend Alex Barcelo, he often has multiple players, their best defenders constantly thrown at him. He is constantly harassed, and he still makes shots at a high level, Jerem. So while his percentage might not be the highest in the country, it's what he's having to deal with to still shoot an insane percentage that I think Jay Billis values, and certainly I value. I'm buying this. Like The dude is a shot maker and has to do so knowing that he's the guy with a target on his back every stinking game. He's If he's not the best shooter in the country, he's 1F. It's yeah, close, he, no, right? he's amazing. He's amazing. He's a, a 182.6 right now in the free throw, field goal, three-point. You're for 180-plus. That's unbelievable. 47.6. He's, he's so good, yes. He's fantastic. Like, he's the best three-point shooter by percentage in, in BYU history. He's so fun to watch. BYU's lucky it has Alex Parcello because guess what? I think BYU's record is better than the team is a little bit. And that's because the team is figuring out how, despite not having the personnel that it had at the beginning of the season. And that is to BYU's credit for figuring it out. We've been talking about, hey, look, they defend and they rebound. Let's go ahead and add, and they have one of the best, if not the best shooter in the country, Alex Barcelo, as a third metric to why BYU's winning games. Before the season, we were talking about Alex in NBA and top whatever in college. And I said, yeah, I think he's top 50. And someone reached out to me with the program and said, whoa, no, no, no. He's like top 15, top 20. He's that good. And uh, it's hard to argue against that. Jay Billis is buying that stock for sure. Speaking of stocks, John Rothstein tweeted out the following during the BYU at San Francisco game on Saturday night. Fusini Traore, buy stock now. Jerem, how much of your BYU hoops futures, stock terminology, are invested in Fus? Pretty high. There's a lot. There's some in Colin Chandler as well, right? Um, yeah, Foose is playing at such a high level so quickly as a freshman, right? We're going to expect a lot from him uh, you know, starting next year. Yeah, and it makes you wonder about next year when you lose Tijon Lucas and Alex Barcelo, but having Foose yeah. helps. Dallin Hall coming back from a mission at yep. some point. Colin get, Chandler. Get real young on the guard line. Yep. Woo! Yep. Yeah, but for sure. All, like We're talking about just BYU's future. My stock is probably 90% on Foose right now. A lot. He's the guaranteed guy right now. And Matt Damon told me to be aggressive, so take a risk. All right. Chris Vanini of The Athletic reports Ed Lamb is a candidate at Hawaii. Will Lamb be the next head coach there? I love Ed Lamb, and I think that he needs to be a head coach. Hawaii would be lucky to have Ed Lamb as the head coach. Um, 
I don't know at this point, but I mean, the way that program is going, it's an absolute mess right now. I can't think of a better person than an Ed Lamb principled sound, the cyborg going in there and helping Hawaii find some continuity and bring that program to more of an even keel. So yeah, I'd, I'd lean towards yes. Like if he was number two the last time around, he lost out. He was the second in line to take One that job. One report said he was second, yeah. yeah. Then why wouldn't he be the next head coach at Hawaii? As much as I hate to lose Ed Lamb because I love Ed, I think he, I think he is the obvious choice for Hawaii at this point, given the, the state of that program. Depends what they want, what they need, right? Um, a cyborg on the islands, you know. Ed, Ed can chill and have fun. But, uh, yeah, I don't, I don't know if he'll be the next head coach. We'll see. But I do think it is a positive thing when, you know, your assistants move on to, to other pastures that give glory back to BYU or whatever. Uh, there's value in that. So I would love to see that uh, at some point. Yeah, if he is the guy, the question is, does he talk any of the other BYU assistants into right. following him too? There, there is that sort of natural mutiny that can happen. Yeah, okay. All right, Jerem, back to basketball now. The BYU women, 40-point winners on the road at LMU. In spite of shooting, Jeff Judkins' words, a poor percentage from the three-point line again. Will this BYU women's team run the table in the West Coast Conference in the regular season? They might. Like, it, the defense is awesome. Uh, the offense is incredible. The three, like, there's almost no weakness to this team. The one game they've lost was 99-91 at Oklahoma, who's also ranked. Yep. And it's 15-2 in the Big 12. Oklahoma just beat ranked like, Baylor this last weekend, too. Like, what? This team's so good. It's Sweet 16 good. Again, watch this team play in person or on TV. They're really good. They might. If they don't, they'll only lose one game in the league. Here's the other thing to keep in mind. If BYU was a top-four seed in the NCAA tournament, they will host the first and second rounds at the Marriott Center. Oh, that's new this year? They're not going to neutral sites? They will host wow. on their home floor okay. rounds one and two if they are a top four seed. That's exciting. Right? It would be top, amazing. Top four, then. Only lose the one game in OT. The only, the only game that really gives me concern is at Gonzaga. Maybe at San Diego because sometimes weird games happen in the Slim Gym, both the men and the women. Right, right. And Cindy yeah. Fisher does a good job, and they play defense, too. They can make the game ugly. Sometimes that's all they do, though. <laughs> they don't play much offense. <laughs> Question, is, has it, am I off on that? Has it always been I believe the, first, I believe top four the, the, host the top four seeds okay. host the first two rounds? Yeah, I didn't understand. Like that, that, is, that is an advantage. So Cool. How awesome would that be, be to have two games at the Marriott Center? Amazing. All right, I love it. Which was faster, your 40-yard dash or the official spotting the ball in the final play of the Cowboys-Niners game? I'm going to give myself the edge here. <laughs> Much to the chagrin of the Dallas Cowboys. One, I don't know why they called that play. No, no, no. The play's fine. You, Dak just has to get down earlier. It's the same as throwing an, like, an inbounds 10-yard pass. I'd rather throw it to the end zone twice in 14 seconds from the 40-yard line. It's a chuck. It's 30-plus, right? Dak went too far. If he gets down three seconds earlier, they're good. Right, but now you're depending on the official and other things to happen. Like, oh, you just take it out of your control. Right. If you get down three seconds earlier, you give yourselves those three seconds that you didn't have. <sighs> Assuming yeah. the official could get the ball spotted in time. No, he would have. Three <laughs> seconds would have made the difference. Dak ran like five yards too far. Oh, boy. Yeah. That's rough. Yeah. Granted, the 49ers... Was that a false start? Should the Cowboys even have had that opportunity? Right, it got weird. By the way, I was hanging out in St. George over the weekend. There was a park, Canyon View Park or something. They actually had like a 40-yard dash, two lanes, and a timer set up. 
So like everyone was running at the friend, the friends we were with, the uh, my friend Justin, he he like pulled a hammy. It was like a classic tale. He ran it and hurt oh, himself. We all ran it. What'd yeah. you run? No, no, it doesn't start exact. It like goes red, <laughs> yellow, and then green, and you're like, it's like down there. You're like, oh, do I go now? No, it was way off. No. Sure. <laughs> you're not gonna reveal. Why would I reveal the crappy time <laughs> that it didn't give? Yes. <laughs> Perhaps that's well played on your part yeah. because you can now by not revealing you can. I never claim to but... run anything. Okay. I never claimed yeah. to run faster than Harvey Unga. Oh, was my time faster than yours? <laughs> I don't have to reveal anything. <laughs> Wait, I don't. The time was it wasn't set up properly. <laughs> Former Cleveland Brown Joe Thomas tweeted out. Hey, Steelers, congrats on your playoff participation trophy. This is great. Then former BYU Cougar and Steeler Brett Kiesel responded to Thomas with a, did you ever get one of those? No. Tweet, is that the best hit of the NFL playoff so far? Yes. Well, it's They're verbal, no, but still. There are no good hits anymore. Yeah. It was fantastic. I love yeah, Brett hits are Hits are terrible late Roughing the passer call. Like when you when you've played for the Cleveland Browns, Joe Thomas was awesome, all pro. Yeah. But when you're talking about playoffs and anything you and trying to throw shade the at the Steelers of all Joe teams, Thomas. the Steelers who've won six Super Bowls. Well, two in like the modern era, at least. You know what I mean? Same what? To what? 70s. No, this is absolutely the response that should have been offered by a former Steeler and Brett Kiesel. I'm so glad he did it. Yeah, divisional rivalry. There. Yeah. Exactly. Coming up, a unique prediction pays off in double. And what's on the horizon for BYU basketball? Take uh, a look at their metrics. And what's upcoming in the next few weeks? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. On the newest Deep Blue podcast, we talked with the Olympic gymnast and silver medalist Guard Young about his family legacy at BYU. His dad coached the uh, men's team, helping with the end of the men's program since time at Oklahoma and leading the women's team. Listen to it on the BYU Radio app and where podcasts are found. What has that guy even done? <laughs> I know. He's mailing it in constantly. JK, he's like one of the hardest working dudes ever. He's incredible. Welcome back to BYU Sports Nation live from Studio B. It is time to get to our BYU basketball resume update. Which has BYU in the net rankings at number 26. Pretty good. Which is almost exactly where BYU is in the top 25 rankings, two spots out. Who cares about top 25? BYU in the Ken Palm metrics, 21. Mm. That's up six spots from 27. Good offense, good defense, except for Thursday night. Bracket good Matrix offense. now has BYU at that eight seed. Uh, that doesn't change much, but look at team rankings. Yep. With the win at San Francisco, BYU's chances of making the NCAA tournament go up 17 percentage points. Wild. Okay, so Ken Palm says uh, projected 23-7 and seven record. You're like, hey, there's a game missing. Yeah, it's the Portland game. Which, by the way, why isn't that rescheduled? What's it? I don't understand. Maybe BYU doesn't okay. want to reschedule yeah, that game. Yeah, don't reschedule it. This does you nothing. Okay, 11 and 4 projection in the league, which means 8 and 3 is projected down the stretch in the final 11. Three losses, three losses. Let's come up with what they are. Obviously, at Gonzaga, at St. Mary's. And then Ken Palm just, Clara, maybe? just goes by percentage. It actually has, uh, you know, only two losses listed, but Santa Clara is the least likely uh, other game there for BYU to win. A three point game, 62%. So probably Santa Clara. Now, do we expect BYU to drop? 
three games the rest of the way. Just because of what BYU has pulled off recently? Feels like no. Yes. So is two a fair number? Like BYU, it's expected to lose to Gonzaga and one other one, whether that we, – we're not saying which one that is, just another one. Yeah. That'd be at San, that'd probably be at St. Mary's at Santa Clara. One of those two, right? Even if BYU lost three more games, we're still firmly in the NCAA tournament. Twenty-three and seven, you're in, you're, and you're single-digit seed at that point because the conference is better. So, like, yes. if you and have a you, road loss against Santa Clara or St. Mary's, the yeah. committee's gonna be like, yeah, whatever. And you tested yourself in non-con. Just because BYU doesn't have a quad one win doesn't mean it's six and BYU six and three sure. in quad two. By the way, oh UVU. Still quad. Maybe two. Oregon becomes a quad one win, Jeremy. It might. Oregon is it might. just outside the top fifty well, now. Let me tell you the other win that's getting way better than San we Diego thought. State. San Diego State, forty five in net today. That's good. If it's or- made with real bits of Panthers, so you know it's good. Is Oregon? I, th- I think are they fifty three in the net rankings today? Sixty. Oh, they're sixty, so they dropped a little bit. Yes. Okay. <laughs> why, why, why they why they drop if they played UCLA and USC? That's weird. Okay. Uh, that. That is firmly a quad two. Great. That's awesome. And you could argue that's, you know, San Francisco is the best win, but second best win feels like Oregon, right? Given what Oregon did last week. Um, in terms of, like, prestige, non-metrical prestige is the Oregon This win. is what Oregon does so often. They yeah. just kind of, like, bumble through the non-conference, and then they get better as they go through conference and win big games. That's a state in general as well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yes. One yes, one and one in quad one, six and three in quad two, and then six and oh in quad three and four. What you hope is that UVU stays one thirty five, top one thirty five. They're one twenty seven. And that's now, not a quad right? three. Yeah. They're one oh seven. Oh. So so the hope is they don't slide down to quad three. I think they're good enough to stay in the top one thirty five, which is great. Yeah, BYU's looking good. It is it is curious because if it's like hundred percent metric space. That BYU is one in, has one quad one win at this point, and is firmly in the tourney and in eight seed. So it's not it's not about quad one games per se. It's like quad one and two. That's something we're learning a little bit this year. The perception from Lenardi. Now we're going heavy on Lenardi, but Lenardi's the number one guy for a reason. Okay, he's the number one guy. And I want to go back to what I was saying about BYU's better than its record. BYU's sorry, record its is record better is better than the team. You think? I, I think I think that BYU has won probably two games because it has two sixth-year seniors, and it has a team that buys into the concept best locker room in America, and and the the defense has been America uh, awesome. It's, it's been incredible, and some of those elements, like like the intangibles, if you will, have created this where BYU probably should be a thirteen and sixteen. But they're 15 and 14. But don't you feel like they've lost and a couple think, of games that they should have won? Utah Valley, eh. Vanderbilt. You lose. You lose some games. Like, like it's okay. BYU's 15 and four. I think they're. I think. No, I feel no. Football did this same thing, where they did a couple of things that, like, if they played a hundred games of this schedule, that we're seeing like the higher end of the potential of that team. Some of that has to do with coaching, and again, some of that has to do with. Six-year seniors are refusing to let certain things happen in certain games. You're going to lose some games. You can't, you can't say to me, yes, you have to win these games, but you never accidentally lose any. Like, the regression to the mean is, is 
interesting to me on this. It's like, well, well, you can't say, yes, you win that St. Mary's game every time, but you never lose to Vanderbilt or whatever. Like, yeah, sometimes you lose a close game. It happens. Yeah, I just feel like you say two, maybe one. Because I think that BYU, I mean, the Utah Valley game and the Vanderbilt game, those were games that BYU was favored to win, projected to win, should have won, I think. And well, let's talk wins on the same spectrum, though. Like San Diego State, BYU makes some great plays, plays some great defense, and wins that game. You know what I mean? But should BYU have lost that game? Like they weren't, they were favored to win that game. If they play a hundred times, they lose that game sometimes. You know what I mean? So they like, lose it sometimes, but that, not the majority. But that's what I'm saying. Is, and they were favored. No, no, I feel like you're missing the point. That sometimes, so oh, we can't say well, BYU should have won a couple. They lost. Well, then they should have lost some. They won too. Like that. That. So, to my point, that's what I'm saying. Like it's evened out. They lost two that they should have won, and they won two that they should have lost. This is your point with football. It's like, well, look, like it, losses are going to happen. The losses happened against Vanderbilt and I think Utah more Valley. probably could have easily happened. But this huh. team's figured out ways to win. Yeah, I, I don't think that it's always necessarily even. It's like, hey, it's two and two. No, no, no. I'm telling you, I think this team has figured out a way to be better than it is. Meaning. You lost Gavin Baxter and Richard Harvard. You shouldn't be 15-4. and four. But they are. You shouldn't be. But BYU is because they figured it out with, again, sixth-year guards, two of them, incredible. What's BYU going to do next year? That's a big question mark. But let's enjoy this year. And then the defense has been awesome. It's been great. The role players, Foose is – like, if Foose isn't amazing right now, he's not 15-4. and four. Like, he's been way better than we thought. And he's been, as you said, forced into learning. And he's learned quickly. He's better now because of the necessity. He is, yeah. yes. And some, what you don't anticipate preseason is who's going to do something we don't see because they have to. Like, we didn't think Keanu Hill would be as good as he was this year. You know what I mean? We thought Puka would be awesome, but, like, it took a sec for him to get healthy. And then he was, like, really, really good. Was Jaron Hall was better than we all thought? Like, that's the fun part of this. It's not a bunch of zeros and ones. We're not, like, in the matrix taking the red or the blue pill, and then we just play this, like, predestined season out on paper. No, no, no. It's fun and it's terrible at the same time, and right now it's more fun. BYU heavily favored in two games this week, both at home, San Diego oh, yeah. and Portland. It's 94 and 97 Cougars win. take care of business and a few teams lose, and just maybe BYU's back in the top 25. How about that? And top 25 doesn't matter in the basketball conversation. It's just like a fun thing. It's all, it's all about Exposure. net. It's all about net. Yeah, let's go. Coming up. Rising shout-out to MLK, of course. And why earning a point in this week's Double Down over the weekend really kind of just does nothing for me. (laughs) (laughs) This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Station, always available on demand via the BYU TV and BYU radio apps. Download the pod. You can Google it, subscribe, rate, and review it. Let's recap our double-down picks from BYU at San Francisco. Jerem, you're on the lead. Lead us off. Here's Dave's picks. One, Foos will record a double-double. He didn't. He had a 99. Was cool. Two, Trevin Nell will score a career high of 21 plus. He did not. Uh, he had seven. So, Dave, I award you no points. <laughs> and may God have mercy on you. All right, my picks. Caleb Lohner scores in double figures again. Ah! We're just going to hang on a shot of me after this. One bucket short. Lohner, (laughs) 
did come up with some big plays late. So I still think he's turned the corner, Jerem. Yes. Zagat yeah. San Francisco. 100%. He's playing with confidence. He has turned the corner, yeah. but he just missed double figures. He had eight points. Yeah. Number two, BYU will hold USF to 75 or fewer points. They average 78. I got that lone point here as the Cougars held the Dons to 69 points. I was afraid it was going to go into overtime, and I was going to miss yeah, that one, too. Yeah, you were going to miss it. Yeah. <laughs> nice. Okay, number one, BYU wins by five plus. Nope, two-point game. Two-point game. Two, Spencer will get one right pick. I got that. I got that <laughs> this was new turf. I'm not, even, I'm not even mad. I didn't even, I'm not even mad. I'm actually impressed. It's a troll. I hit a whole wheel mad. of cheese. Not even mad. Uh, yeah, so there we go. Updated standings now. Jerem, 29 points. I have 15 points. Dave and Jason still on that uh, five spot. Yeah, they're on the schneid. <laughs> Our question of the day. Is the win over San Francisco the best win that BYU men's basketball will have all season? I think there are a few opportunities to supplant it, but, man, that was a good win. Our elite voice of the day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort at Cougar A70 on Twitter. No, it's up there, but the Sweet 16 win is the best. Polishing <laughs> nice. up my blue nice. goggles already. Go Cougs. Hey, the round of 64 that... win will be better than the San Francisco win for sure. Wait, you didn't want to read the next one? What What's this handle at – Jerome Roney? Yep. Jerome, Jerome, maybe? <laughs> Jerome Roney? Jerome Roney? From a net rankings and resume standpoint, yes. From a sheer awesomeness and high perspective, humiliating Oregon still has the edge. 32-point win. Oh, over yeah. Oregon. Nationally, no one's like, dude, dude. Or the Oregon win, like, blew up the internet. It was awesome. Today's Rise and Shoutout presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. And how about this quote from the Dr. Martin Luther King Jr.? Darkness cannot drive out darkness. Only light can do that. Hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. One of love his that. incredible messages. Martin Luther King Jr., or uh, excuse me, Martin Luther King III spoke in a devotional in September here. It so was, great. It was amazing. Also, right shout out to Tonga. Uh, volcano goes off uh, near the island and then a tsunami. And just thinking about everyone in Tonga, I know it's really scary and rough there right now. Obviously, Klein Stake is the first Tongan head coach. Hema Heimuli on our staff is Tongan. A lot of Tongan family still back there. Hopefully everything's all right. Yeah, we're glad to yeah. hear via social media that things are getting a little bit better. Electricity is being turned scary. back on. Communication is being restored to, yep. to a degree. Yep. Our thanks to today's guest, Tijon Lucas. Sorry, Dennis. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Because it's been a while, shout out to Ron Saliz. Oh, nice. See you tomorrow on BYU Sports Nation. Go.